Welcome into the January 23rd edition of the Lockdown Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. Toronto losing in Montreal over the weekend. They'll have a chance to get back into the win column tonight against the Islanders. And Dave, we've got to talk about what's going on in Vancouver. Bruce Boudreaux finally let go, but it was a terrible, terrible situation for about a week. Rick Tockett, the new man in charge, will discuss that situation and more. All that coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Leafs podcast. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Lockdown Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me is my co-host, Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. Lockdown Leafs, a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also now check us up on video format. Look us up on YouTube. It's Locked On Leafs on YouTube. Hit subscribe and get new content each and every day, Monday through Friday. We got a brand new show sponsor, David. We got a new sports book that's sponsoring the pod. I'm excited about it. It's a sports book that I use all the time. It's FanDuel. Um, so FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sports book of the Locked On Network. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On Today to get started uh before we do get started dave i'm sorry to hear about your cowboys but uh as somebody who placed a couple of wagers on the niners on FanDuel, i am not that upset about what went down but uh we all know that you are a big time cowboys fan so i'll give you the floor and you can explain to me what the hell happened on that final play of the game in the Niners Cowboys. Well, it would have been a different play had Dalton Schultz decided to catch the football properly on the play before. Mm. I have never seen a play like that in my life, nor will I ever want to see a play like that ever in my life where the running back is the guy who is snapping the football. There's a reason why running backs don't snap the football. <laughs> as you saw what Zeke Elliott did there. Um, but that was like a typical Cowboys loss. Like I've said it before, they find ways to disappoint me. My teams find ways to disappoint me. Dude, we 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 talked about it time and the Cowboys are the Leafs of the NFL, right? They're the number one public team, and they always shoot themselves in the foot early on in the playoffs. They actually got the first round win this time in the in the in the yep. wild card victory against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. And then, boy, did they soil themselves in this game last night, man. Oh, my goodness. Like, the, the, even the drive before, like, legitimately, I don't know what the hell Dak Prescott was doing. Almost threw a pick, which was insane. Missed on a big deep ball, and then it takes a sack on third and 10 on, like, your own 15, 10-yard line. And then you got to go and you got to punt it. Get the ball back. And then again, no idea what the hell's going on with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, but uh, that was a that play in itself. Like if you guys didn't see it, 
if you're not big football fans and you want to know, okay, what does it look like, you know, to lose spectacularly in such a bad way? Uh, go and look up that play because that was – what do you think was worse, this year's loss or last year's loss? They both were just like the final play of the seasons were both just ridiculous. Well, last year's was just infuriating because of the clock management, but this year's was worse because they scored 12 points. Yeah, but I'm like the way that it ended has to like a 10 yard hitch route to Jalen Tolbert when you need literally a full touchdown, the full length of the field, you get 10 yards, and it's Zeke yep. Elliott snapping the football on that play. Like, what? Yep. No, no, this was this. Like, I, I'm more infuriated with this year's loss because the, the defense actually played really well. Defense gave them every chance to win that game. And the offense put up 12 points. And when like I criticized the Minnesota Vikings for how they ended their game, that was worse. Yep. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But it, like I said, it's 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 very leafian. It's very leafian, right? Last couple of seasons, what's been the issue? Not the defense, not the goaltending, the offense. The offense has been the issue for the Maple Leafs for the last few seasons. And uh here we are again talking about the Dallas Cowboys and how they weren't able to get it done. And uh, the offense is the one that uh, it's, I mean, it's the parallels are there, buddy. They're always going to be there. The parallels yeah. between the Maple Leafs and the Cowboys. Just in case anybody thought they had a bad weekend after the Leafs loss against the Habs. Unless you're a Cowboys fan like me, you got no, you got no, that was two nights in a row of just taking Pain. them right on the chin. Pain. Pain. Oh, All right, let's get into it, buddy. Um, yeah, Leafs, uh, well, they were up to nothing. And then it was tied 2-2, and then they went into overtime and took another overtime loss to the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Rem Pitlick with a really nice shot in overtime to, to win the game. But um, this was kind of a – this is a weird one, a really weird one, because I thought that the Maple Leafs, you know, really good start to the game, really good first period, and then just completely gave the game back to Montreal in the second and then uh, played a little bit better in the third, but you know Montembeau was made a couple of really big stops. Um, the one on David Camp in particular. I, I mean, I just losing to Montreal is is not something that this team should be doing right now. Like Montreal has so many injuries; they're they're legitimately playing like half of an AHL squad, and Toronto just simply couldn't get it done. It, it says something when everybody's pretty much saying the Leafs are losing this game as soon as they saw the Cole Caulfield announcement. Like, how many people I saw, even in the Discord, who's ready for the like for the loss tonight? Because it, I, this is this is where a team that knows they have their backs against the wall know that the, the their best way to beat the Leafs is to outwork them. And and look, the first and third period. The Leafs were just flat out dominant, but that second period might have been the one of the, maybe the second worst period I've seen this season. Because the second period against Seattle was the worst period of the season. Yeah. This might have been the second worst period I've seen because not only did they not do anything offensively, uh, Montreal was just flat out dominant and obviously tied the game. But you play better in that second period. Montreal has no chance to come back in that game. Yeah, just a little bit of pushback, just a little pushback in that second period, and you don't you don't give them the game. Like 
they gave them the momentum to go out and tie that thing. And then, you know, they got great goaltending in the third period, which obviously is what took this game to overtime. Um, but yeah, like that, the second period, if we if if want to get right into the good, the bad, the ugly, like that was the ugly right there. That entire second period, there was just, that's, that is not, uh, that's not what you want to see if you're a Toronto Maple Leafs team who's played well of late. Like they've been playing some pretty good hockey and they haven't really been, um, you know, dropping the ball when it comes to playing subpar teams. They've actually been playing decent against them and they've been coming up with wins, um, but not, not Saturday night, obviously not Saturday night. The bell center is a completely different beast. And when you start to lose momentum and the crowd starts to get into it, it, it gives that Montreal team just some sort of edge. And that's what happened in, in the second, right? They got the first goal and it really started to, to turn from there. And uh, they're able to tie it up and eventually win it in OT. Um, I, I'll, 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 I'll say this though. Like I think Toronto deserved to win that game. Like they were the better team. I think Montreal, like Montembeau made some big, big stops in the third period to keep this game alive and bring it to overtime. Um, but it's just, you know, something that the Leafs do have to, you got to win. You got to come home with the two points on that one. Yeah. No, you have, like, even as bad as that second period was, it's still, you're still tied in the third period. I, I mean, Kerfoot had, what, two posts in yeah. that game, one clear cut that should have been a goal. Um, and then in overtime, like you just got to put those guys away in overtime. Like Montreal doesn't. Rem Pitlick was the guy who scored on you in overtime. He had the best opportunity overtime. Like is that really where we're at right now? That like, just that that's the that's the part that was frustrating is that in overtime, overtime is meant for the stars to shine, and it's always almost the exact opposite that happens unless it's William. Ne- <laughs> Unfortunately, when it's William Nylander the last little bit like I, yeah. I it's just so frustrating yeah and i mean that was my bad just like the the playing overtime allowing rem pit like that much space to get a, a a clean wide open shot like that like i you just gotta play that a little bit better pressure him he's not somebody who like it's not like rem pit looks cole caulfield like you know, why are you giving him the respect and, and allowing him to get that shot off like i i don't know um what the situation was there in overtime for them but yeah, definitely not, uh, definitely not ideal situation. Um, as for the good for me, I guess we'll just keep uh, rolling on the, the the good, the bad, the ugly here. Like they got off to a really good start, and that's what you want: get off to a good start, try to neutralize that fan base. Giordano scored early in the game, got a rip, and then they just kept pouring it on. Callie Ehrencroft, maybe the easiest goal he will ever score in his entire NHL career. Just, you know, nice pass by Connor Timmons and just kind of said, thank you. I'll deposit that right here. Um, but then, you know, things started to to go the other way in the second period. But I thought they had a good start to the game. And next time, keep it rolling from the first, the second, and into the third period. They do got a game tonight against the Islanders too. So, um, you know, hopefully they can play a full 60 minute game because that that was not the case in Montreal and it cost them uh, cost them a full point. Yeah, no it did. And it, again, they got a they got a bit of help from the the Calgary Flames who beat the Tampa Bay Lightning on Saturday. Otherwise, you know, you you only get one point of that game and Tampa wins. You're 
then you're going to be putting yourself in a position where Tampa will will basically move past you in the standings. Like these, but technically, I think they, in terms of win percentage, I'm pretty sure they are. Yeah, Tampa is right now because they have games in hand. They are they would be ahead of the Leafs. Yeah, like that's that's just disgusting. <laughs> like if you're a Leafs fan, that scenario is just the last thing you want to see. To have to go into Amelie Arena for a seven-game series, yeah, that would be uh, not ideal. Not ideal for for the Maple Leafs, that's for sure. All right, Dave. Um, anything else you want to say about this game before we move on and, and kind of tee up tonight's game against the Islanders and get into this Bruce Boudreaux, Rick Tockett story? No, let's, uh, let's move on. Flush yeah. that poop show down the drain. Let's move on. Ah, is that... So you're moving on from Saturday's game and you're moving on from Sunday's game and today's a brand new week, brand new day. Is that how you're is, <laughs> is that how everything's kind of going take for you a, today? It's gonna, it's, yeah, it's gonna take a little more than a day to recover from all that, but we'll try our best. All right, buddy. All right, Leafs and Islanders tonight. We'll get to uh we'll get to that game in just a moment. But first, let me tell you about one of today's show sponsors. It's FanDuel and uh the NFL playoffs are here, not for the Cowboys. The Cowboys are no longer part of the NFL playoffs, Dave. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers can join today and start with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just join and sign up at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel has your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads, player props. They got it all. Futures, whatever you want. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance to win bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Uh, I made a couple same-game parlays in the game last night with the Bucks uh, and with the Cowboys. And, uh, well, unfortunately, they included Tony Pollard, Dave, and that didn't go well when he left the game with uh, a broken fibula. So I did not, unfortunately, uh, make out like a bandit. But I did bet Callie Yarncroft to score a goal in the game Saturday, in the game Saturday night for the Maple Leafs. So that one definitely cashed. Um, so, yeah, you can make a whole bunch of wagers, even on tonight's game, Leafs and Islanders. I'm thinking Leafs, nice little money line victory back at home. That might be a nice little wager you could place on the FanDuel app. Uh, all on the app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So, also, football fans, you're not going to want to miss out. Place your first $5 bet. Get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of uh, Locked On. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano. Got Dave Morsuti with me. Uh, Maple Leafs with a loss on the, the weekend, 3-2 to the Montreal Canadiens. They'll have a chance to rectify things uh, tonight. They're back home for a start of a five-game home road trip. They've got the New York Islanders in town to start things off. John Tavares' old squad coming back into the building. Um, I actually just saw, uh, just got a notification. Looks like Pontus Holmberg has been recalled. So Holmberg back 
back uh, with the Maple Leafs after a couple of games with the Marlies, um, which makes sense after they placed Dryden Hunt on waivers yesterday. Um, I assume he will clear. I don't know if anyone's going to take him. Maybe somebody does take him who needs a little fourth-line help. Anyways, that's also news for you. Uh, so Pontus Holmberg probably going to get back into the lineup tonight also. Um, what are you expecting, Lisa Islanders? Well, you look at the last time these two teams played each other. Um, I was, I think that was the over another over yep. time loss. So, <laughs> it's very similar game to the Habs game in a, almost in a way. Like the Leafs just had. If I'm the Leafs, you you keep doing what you did against the Habs minus the second period. Like learn from that second period and just come out with a purpose in this game against the Islanders. Islanders have been actually haven't been doing so hot lately. I don't know if you caught it on Saturday. There were some fire Lou chants at the uh, at the Islanders game this weekend. So Islanders are 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 not doing so hot right now. So it's it's a prime game for the Leafs to try to to bounce back. But you know, it's the it, it, it's coming. It's getting a little difficult right now to predict what we're gonna get from the Leafs, but. Right now, the Islanders aren't doing so hot, so this is a good game here for the Leafs to try to try to right the ship a little bit here. Yeah, they've lost four in a row. They've only got two wins in their last ten games, so the Islanders are really starting to fall back. And I mean, I can't say I'm shocked by that. If you look at their underlying numbers, um, they were like, like last time these two teams played each other. I remember looking at the numbers and seeing. Like, weirdly, the Islanders were second in the division, but they were, like, 30th, 31st, and 32nd in, like, scoring chances allowed, expected goals against, and high danger chances. And it just made no sense that they were, like, a top playoff team at the time. And when you went and you looked at it, oh, it's because Ilya Sorokin just stands on his head every single game. And now that Sorokin's uh, not stealing as many games, and he's now a 500 goaltender, it uh, it doesn't necessarily uh, their record is no longer that insane, and and that would be exactly why. Um, but anyways, I digress. But yeah, tonight's a good chance for Toronto to uh, to kind of you know take advantage of a, a wounded, weakened team. Like this is a team that. Uh, well, they have one win in the last nine. So not even you sure two in the last ten, but one win in the last nine. It was against the Montreal Canadiens. Um, so this is a squad that's reeling, and and Toronto really, um, they could take advantage. Like their power play has gone ice cold too. I'm just looking; they haven't scored a power play goal since January 10th. Um, they have two power play goals in the last ten games. That's it. Um, so. You know, their power play has been pretty garbage as well, so that could probably help uh, <laughs> this team, you know, win a little bit. But um, when I'm looking at this game tonight, I'm curious, Dave. Um, do you go back to Samsonov one more time? Or look at the sun just getting in there. Jeez, Luis, it looks like I'm being saved by God or something. Uh, <laughs> you can go look on YouTube. It's kind of weird. The lighting now is... Very yeah. messed up. There we go. Um, where was I at? Oh, the goaltending. So if you look at the goaltending splits, it's really weird. You got Samsonov, who's a king at home and meh on the road. And it's complete opposite for Matt Murray, who's a king on the road, 
He's been so-so at home. But Samsonov's coming off of two straight starts. Do you roll with him one more time and you give him the road start, the, the home start, or is this a chance to get Matt Murray back in the crease? I, I think you can this if you're gonna get Matt Murray back into a game, that this would be the one. Um, you know, he's been off for a few days. Hopefully he's been getting some work in with uh the goaltending coach. So I would say this would be the game to get him back in, but also I mean, and and some will say, well, Samsung has been good at home. Next, as we just said, the next few games are going to be at home. Matt Murray's going to have to get one eventually at some point. So I, I think this is a per, this is a good game to get Matt Murray uh, Matt Murray back into the net. Well, this would also be a team that he's very familiar with, right? Like playing with the Pittsburgh Penguins for many years, he he would know, you know, this club quite a. There's a lot of team, a lot of. Um, players that were there back when he was playing with the Penguins. So he knows the team, but a career three, three and three record an eight eighty seven save percentage and a three Oh eight goals against average in nine games against the New York Islanders. So even those splits aren't too favorable when you look at Matt Murray um, and his career against this team in particular, I'll be curious to see what Sheldon Keefe ends up doing. I mean, as of now they're they're They haven't had morning skate the time of recording, um, if Matt Murray's at morning skate, then it'll probably be Samsonov who starts tonight. If he's not at morning skate and you guys see that, um, that would indicate typically that Matt Murray is uh, getting the start. So uh, we'll see. I assume Pontus Holmberg will get back into the lineup as well um, after getting recalled by the Maple Leafs. And uh, I, I just, you know, I think that the team just, like you said earlier, just play similarly to the way that they played against Montreal, but make it a 60-minute effort, right? Not 35, 40 minutes. 60 minutes, go out there, put on a good show. Last time he lost this game, like the, the last time they played, it went to overtime, but it was like a very – I think Shogram was a net, actually. And now it's coming back to me. Shogram was a net, and he had a giveaway late in the game, yeah. and it, it allowed them to score, take it to overtime, and then they eventually – one uh one in OT. It was also the game that they lost Morgan Riley, I believe, yeah. to injury. So yeah, this this was uh this was a crap game. I, I wonder if there will be any any amount any any retribution about the whole Morgan Riley situation actually. So that'll be interesting to see. Uh so yeah, that game's tonight, seven o'clock. Uh watch uh I believe it'll be on uh Sportsnet tonight. Uh okay. Dave, let's take one quick break. When we get back, though, let's get into uh, let's get into the whole Bruce Boudreaux gets fired in Vancouver. The long week it was, and and I have an analogy for how this week kind of went down, and how people and fans, and how I felt about the whole situation uh, ahead of bringing in Rick Tockett to be their new head coach. I'll explain what I mean in a moment, but first, Dave, how about a word from one of uh, our show sponsors, Athletic Greens. Yep, it's a product uh, I use every day. You know, if you're somebody like me who wanted to just get better control of their health, you know, didn't want to waste time trying to buy all these different pills and supplements, what better than having an all-in-one solution? That's right. With AG1, it's one delicious scoop, and you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food superfood source, uh, whole, sorry, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system. 
your energy recovery, focus, and aging. All of those things that I have just listed. I'm somebody who is trying to, you know, simplify things, make sure that I'm getting the best things into my body. And athletic greens is probably the best way that you can start your day. And I've been recommending it to a lot of my friends. I've even been giving away some of uh, a little bit of samples for them to try so they can see how it is themselves. The best part about athletic greens is it's lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it also contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. It supports better sleep quality and recovery. It also provides mental clarity and uh, mental clarity and alertness. It's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. And if you need any more reason to go buy it, it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. So right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop into a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Welcome back into the Locked On These Podcasts. Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti, your host of the show. Um, Leafs and Islanders tonight down at Scotiabank Arena should be a goodie. But there was an absolute clown show going on in Vancouver, honestly, for the last, like, well, basically all season. Uh, but it's really ramped up in the last few weeks here and finally came to an end yesterday as Bruce Boudreaux was officially finally fired from the Vancouver Canucks. Rick Tockett announced as his replacement. Uh, so he becomes a head coach of the Maple Leafs. There's a report that it was a three-year deal that's in place for Rick Tockett. And um, this whole thing was just super weird. I don't know if you watched or if you went to bed sobbing after the Montreal game. Uh, but if you watch the game, uh, Vancouver-Edmonton game on Saturday, the ovation that he got from the fans at the end of the game, little Bruce there, it is chance. Um, and he, he was kind of taken aback. He was soaking it in right at the end there. I mean, they lost. It's not like they won the game. They lost. And he's just staying there, standing, staring out into the abyss, soaking it in, getting uh, you know the love and respect from the fan base because everybody knew that it was his final game. Everyone knew that was it. This was it. That was the end of Brucey in Vancouver. And I've I've never seen a situation like this where yeah. you know it's not like a guy was retiring or like he just everyone knew. It. You know what it was reminded me of, Dave? You ever watched the movie Green Mile? Yep, fantastic movie. If anyone's if Green. nobody's someone who hasn't seen it. Go watch it. It's such a great, great film. It's uh, um, oh, who's uh, Tom Hanks? Tom Hanks is in it. It's awesome. But it reminded me kind of of that weirdly. Like I know it's a weird thing to uh, kind of compare it to, but it's almost as if Bruce Rose on or Bruce Boudreau was on death row, and everybody knew his execution date and it was coming, and. 
everyone knew how wrong it was that the execute like how it was all happening and everyone just felt dirty about it like it just everybody felt so weird and the players came out in the way that they were speaking all week about how you know wrong it was how it's been getting in their heads and affecting their play and uh you know it's just i've never seen anything like it in hockey and Jim Rutherford came out and spoke yesterday and did say, if there's anything that I could take back, um, it's how public um, this coaching search was for him. And, I mean, yeah, I, I suppose it's because it got public, but it was just the fact that everybody knew that his his days were numbered, even him, the players. It was talked to in the media. It, it was a situation I'd never seen before. And uh, it finally ended yesterday, though, with, with him getting let go. And officially, they've hired Rick Tockett, stole him from the TNT panel, and he'll now be the coach of the Vancouver Canucks for the next three years. It, the, the closest I can think of in terms of the situation where you saw a coach getting fired, actually, like when Ron Wilson was coach of the Leafs. And it got so bad that the crowd was fire was chanting fire Wilson. I don't know if you remember that, but that's dip. But that's yeah, why oh, it's, it's totally different because but that's what I mean. Like it's a completely different situation. It's like Bruce Boudreau knew he was like, typically. Fired. It's it's if 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 a coach typically the fan base gets a coach fired. Yeah, like they they sit there and they start chanting, and it's like this guy's got to go. Like this guy's got to go. It's not yep. working. He's got to go. It was opposite. It got to a point where Bruce Boudreau, people became so like sickened and saddened by what was happening that they loved him and they they didn't want to see him go. Like it was just so bizarre. The slow, it was death by a million cuts. It was just such a bizarre situation. It was, it was, it was, it was the most unprofessional thing I've seen from a hockey team disgusting it was disgusting like, what was happening even if you're waiting for rick talkett even if you had to wait for rick talkett fire bruce Boudreau, mike mike yo could have been the interim coach absolutely like that's i like to see bruce Boudreau have to joke in practice about his 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 status as a head coach literally says well i'll see you tomorrow maybe and he's trying to joke with it he's trying to joke with it because it's so hard probably so hard from that really joking about is the only way is it's almost like therapy for him he needs to find a way to just get whatever emotions he had off his chest i'll give the canucks fans uh credit you know them giving those last two games of them really showing their support with the bruce there it is chance and all those things like that's fantastic you know bruce brujo deserved that support not you know what like yeah his tenure not very good because they didn't really achieve much but he didn't deserve what he got, and I'm glad the Canucks fan base was on his side because nothing the Canucks have done over the last year since this new regime was brought in, like you can't say they've done a lot of things well. Like overwhelmingly, there's been a lot of things gone wrong, and this probably was the worst of it. And yeah, I like even like I I feel a little bad for Rick Tockett because he's coming into a situation that not his fault what's going on, but he's now gonna always be linked to that, and that like and that's where it, what really bo- like boggles my mind about all this when it comes to Boudreaux with the whole thing is 
why do you want to make this like bring your a new coach into a situation like this? You want to make sure that you know he like the coach has a fighting chance. The new guy has a fighting chance, and now he's got to work much harder to get even like the players. You saw how like they said it affected the way that they were, the way they were playing, the way like their mental, um, you know, the whole the whole their whole mental approach to the game was affected by the situation. That's the part that really like that should infuriate a lot of Canucks fans. Yeah, I we'll see what uh, what comes of it. Again, it's it's you know, Rick Tockett's put in a bit of an unfair position. Yeah. Um, I find it hilarious how it just like everyone knows this team just needs to rebuild. Not they don't need to retool, but the team consistently every single year every single year just retool it like a couple of guys out the door and i don't know what the hell this team is doing right now it's it's really something it is really something but the term the term retool was uh was used for by jim uh, uh, jim rutherford at the press conference too yesterday and it's just like oh god this is why you filtered through five different coaches in the last five years because you just keep retooling the same nonsense. You're not actually giving the team a fighting chance. It's, so, yeah, I think Rick Tockett's going to be in a bit of a difficult situation because, look, Travis Green wasn't the problem. Bruce Brujo wasn't really the problem. It's the personnel. The personnel is the problem in Vancouver. They need some some guys who want to play defense. They're all gas, no breaks. All gas, no breaks. Let's, let's go even one step further. It's the owner that's the problem because the owner. Well, yes, the yes, you're right. It starts starts at the top, the very top. It is the owner that's the problem because uh, he's been very neglectant to uh, to real go problem. into a rebuild. But by doing that, they've just been in limbo for the last like seven years. It's really stupid. It's really, really where the Maple Leafs were at. To be honest with you, like the entire Phil Kessel era, pretty yeah. much. Like it's exactly where the, the the Leafs were. Always finished on the outside, looking in, thinking they were a little bit better than they were. Made trades and deals to acquire players that were supposed to put them over the top. Whether it was Phil Kessel, whether it was Bernier, whether it was Dion, always making moves that they thought would put them in position to win. And eh, outside looking in, every single time, like clockwork. It was crazy. Uh, anyways, Dave, uh, we'll leave it there. Um, we'll see what comes of Vancouver. The good thing is they have a very light schedule the next couple of games, and uh, I think that was probably done properly to give Rick Tockett the the best chance to pick up some wins and get some early faith for uh, for this team. But again, Leafs Islanders tonight. That'll do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to Locked On These Podcasts wherever you get your podcasts from. Um, receive daily leaves content follow myself on twitter at mickey underscore Canuck. follow dave at d underscore morasudi we'll be back with another episode tomorrow we'll break down tonight's game leafs and islanders uh but until then keep it locked right here on locked on leafs